What is up guys and welcome to the Level Up Now podcast. Whether you are a regular listener to the show or a brand new listener, I hope you enjoy all the episodes I have to offer. We will be speaking about health and wellness, my own personal journey and topics based on my current state of mind. I'm a huge fan of astrology and spirituality, so I will be adding in episodes with these discussions too. I cannot wait for you to join my discussions on this journey of podcasting and all the special guests to feature on my podcast. Don't forget to share this episode on social media and tag me so this podcast can grow bigger and better. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Level Up Now podcast. I am your host, Lois Loves Fitness. I am so sorry for such a long (laughs) hiatus. I have had, let's just say like the last six months has just been like a whirlwind of just lots of emotions going on. So I need to double check what was the last episode that we caught up on, but basically a lot has happened since then. I've moved out of the block of flats that I used to live in and I now live in a house which is just, it feels completely divinely guided and the universe just has given me what I truly have desired. But obviously the only downfall has been that I've not been able to stay consistent within the weekly episode uploads. But however, in reflection, whilst I have not had any episode uploads, I have realised that I don't want to make it every Sunday and be bound by that because I really want this podcast to be purely about levelling up and ways for you all to grow and be inspired, be motivated to, you know, be the creator of your own reality. Like you are the star attraction of your own reality show. And this is the thing called life. And I don't want to feel like I have to show up every single week when I don't really have content. So that going forward, I think I want to start doing the podcast in episodes or seasons, should I say, and have episodes. So I want to have maybe like five episodes per season. Then that way I know that I've got to plan five episodes, whether it's all guests or some solo episodes. And then after the fifth one, there might be a small break for people to catch up. And then I start the next season. So I think that's what I'm going to do going forward. That feels more divinely led and it feels more from a flow state of mind instead of just feeling like I have to show up. And yeah, today's episode is with a lovely person that I actually found on TikTok. Her name is Jordan Jepp and she specialises in celibacy, shadow work and self-growth. And I really, really can't wait to just dive in deep because this episode is going to be so profound. It is on for a little while, so I hope that you do have time. If you don't have time, I would definitely save this episode for maybe doing your housework or going for a nice like a nice long walk or doing cardio because there's going to be so much profound knowledge that is going to be shared with you all. But without further ado, let's get Jordan on the show. Okay guys, welcome back to the Level Up Now podcast. I have an amazing guest on the show today. Her name is Jordan Jepp and she is a celibacy coach and a shadow worker. Jordan, if you can just take it away and tell me more about what you do, what you specialise in, I would love to hear more and so would all my listeners. Yes, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) 
creating this beautiful space for us to have a conversation. So yeah, I'm a shadow work and celibacy specialist, <laughs> which is basically a career that is all about self-development, discovering your self-worth, choosing yourself, which not a lot of people know how to do or are taught or given the tools in order to do so. And that's what I do. I guide people on this journey of choosing themselves and feeling deserving of what they are wanting to call in. Um, I never set out to be a guide, which is kind of crazy. Um, I don't call myself a coach even. I call myself a guide because I think back of the journey that I had and I, I really didn't have that specific person kind of guiding me through my own celibacy, shadow work, self-development journey. So that's how I define myself. And I'm always a student, always learning. And that's really the perspective that I come in when I help other people on this journey. I love that because that's kind of me as well. When I define myself, I'm always a student as well because the people that I have on my podcast, it is in order to level up. And that's why it's called the Level Up Now podcast. And how did I find you again? I think I found you off of TikTok. TikTok's great for that. <laughs> I love TikTok for that, that organic connection. No, it's anything is possible online. Definitely. It was one of your most viral videos and I was like, oh my Lord, I resonate so much with this girl. So I was like, follow, 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 follow on all platforms, follow everything that you do. But I can't remember if I followed you before you moved. How long have you been in Mexico for? So I've been in Mexico for about 18 months. And before I moved to Mexico City, I was traveling full time for two years. I I okay. didn't start sharing. Yeah, so oh. I didn't start actually opening up about celibacy specifically until October of last year. So I wonder if it was one of those videos you found me on. I really can't remember. But all I remember is you were traveling. You were definitely in the traveling period of your life because I was like wow this girl is like living her best life she's traveling making money living her best life literally <laughs> thriving oh yeah <laughs> yeah no, I, I, can't, uh, I can't even remember what one it was <laughs> well that's okay I think I I remember being on the road working remotely with my social media company that was the first business that I started when I was living in Los Angeles uh, working in the music industry an industry I never saw myself in, ended up working in it for two years, managing producers, artists, um, and then broadening my clients and moving into yoga, holistic health and wellness, and then getting so caught up in the lifestyle, not even recognizing really who I was, you know, being really a product of my environment, and then realizing, holy hell, who am I? Um, that was the first trip that I took to Tulu, Mexico was I was on vacation. And I remember being there just being like, I want this sense of freedom all the time. So once I got that, I went back to LA, I switched all my clients to be fully remote. And I was like, I'm leaving. Like, so I went three months to Europe by myself, solo traveled. And that trip, those three months changed my entire trajectory of what I thought I who I thought I was, what I thought I wanted. It changed everything. That is, yeah, that's that's definitely how I came across you on TikTok, I remember, because I was like, I need to find out how this girl is managing because I'm the same. I want to, I feel like I'm definitely like, I love what I've established here in my city, but I'm made for travel. And I feel like I learn a lot when I travel as well. Mm-hmm. I think there's certain placements in my like natal chart in astrology, um, 
which is meant for me like I definitely grow when I travel so every time I travel I'm like oh I've come back with like a new lease of life new inspiration I find more out about myself so yeah that's I think traveling is great for just finding out who you are as a person so um, you've spoken a little bit about your journey but I would like to go in a bit deeper so when did you start so what was first I'm guessing it was like the whole like Mm -hmm. self-development you said that you did yoga and then you worked on holistic did you say holistic things am I just making it up yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so working with holistic (laughs) clients (laughs) social media yeah that was it and then basically I think it's natural for it to all like fall into into place and then after you're going through that holistic journey you then dive in deeper to other different I like to call them toolboxes for you know self-growth and um, self-development so what came first was it celibacy was it shadow work? Was it a combination of the two? So at first it was shadow work and then it was the celibacy, which was never really in like, I knew what it was at the beginning. I did not define it as celibacy. I was basically ending a three month fling where I had projected our lives into the future, really thinking and believing that we are going to be something. I met his close friends, his family. And really at the same time, I was ignoring a lot of red flags and the very obvious aspects of the relationship that were actually never going to turn into something. Um, I set us up for really failure, set myself up for failure. And I was heartbroken as one is when they have those high expectations. Oh yeah. And I, you know, and I just remember thinking I need to remove myself from anything and everything that I've been putting my own self-worth in and I need to discover that for myself. So I already had had some practice of shadow work. When I started my celibacy, which was really just removing myself from partners and like looking in the mirror of like, who are you, Jordan? What do you want? you know, stop using other people to fulfill this void within you. And um, it was about three months into my celibacy where then I started shifting into shadow work at the same time. That was really when the changes rapidly (laughs) began happening. That is amazing. So I'm going to, there's, there's a few things that was going on in my head to ask you there. So I think that's, it's so important that lots of people realize that we a lot of us just like miss red flags like we put this person this significant other on like a pedestal and we then like it's almost like fantasize about a like a future and a potential future for this person missing all of these red flags that like you said would never make the compatibility with you two work out and then what happens after it all fails like you're left heartbroken and I don't know how the other person is but you at least are heartbroken and that's happened to me so much times as well I think a lot of it does come down to, I don't know about you, but I think a lot of it for myself comes down to like a lack of self-worth in my own self. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, so can you define shadow work for all my like listeners who maybe have no clue what these two girls are talking about? (laughs) Of course. So shadow work or the shadow really comes from Carl Jung, who's a, um, a psychologist with psychologists who coined the term. The shadow is essentially all the aspects that you have suppressed, denied, or hidden from the conscious. We have the subconscious and the conscious minds. And we so often hear about like our thinking mind and our subconscious is where our shadow lives. It's all these suppressed aspects of our personality, of our beliefs about ourselves that are hidden in that subconscious. 
But the thing about the subconscious is it's dictating 95% of our reality. So shadow work is so important because if we are questioning why the universe is always out to get us or why we can't have successful relationships or why we keep attracting this certain type of partner, it's really because that's what we're calling in. We're just not consciously aware of it. Yeah, I can I can totally agree with that too because when you start doing the shadow work, you see things that change in your life as well. And it's like it's like old timelines that are kind of a chapter closed. And then when you actually reminisce back on it, you're like, that really is a chapter that's closed because I can't even go back to that again. So it is a good feeling once you actually realise that you've overcome a part of your subconscious belief in whatever that might be. So for me, for example... Um, I still have to go through a lot of shadow work with my self-worth but I was bullied for like 10 years and um, I moved from my, my hometown which was quite toxic into a city which I'm in now and this city is amazing, love the city to bits but I still have a hard time believing in my, like, like my true worth and how much success I can basically manifest into my life because I've been bullied for 10 years I still have this subconscious trauma and belief that I am never going to be good enough. And even to this day, which is how many years have I not been bullied for now? I've not been bullied for about five years. So even five years later, I'm still trying to like put back the jigsaw puzzle piece that like got, bro- got broken up during like my teenage to school to college years. And mm-hmm. it's quite crazy how like this wasn't sexual abuse. This wasn't like um anything like that can be quite traumatizing like to like a bigger degree this was just bullying but it's crazy to think how bullying can have such an effect on the subconscious belief system yeah i mean we all experience micro macro traumas in our life and they have different outcomes for each of us right the shadow is really developed from the age zero to nine and then it continues to grow and evolve through your own experiences throughout the life and I'm so sorry that that happened to you and thank you for sharing that with me and and for being an expander for other women and men whoever on this journey and you're such an expander for people showing people that it is possible to come back from that and often what I hear from clients is will I ever stop discovering shadows of myself and I'm like probably not but I don't say that to disencourage you I say that because this is the reality of what you have gone through. And if you think about how many years that you were traumatized, whether macro or micro, you have to give yourself some credit that it might take that much time or that that much time doubled or tripled to really work through that shadow. You know, we all have our own journeys on this in this life and our own paths. And really the point is is being able to acknowledge the shadow you know, to, so it no longer dictates your reality to learn how to embody it and really live with it. So often what we hear in like spirituality, right, is like the light, like it's so fun and easy and loving and, and it is and that's so beautiful, right? But there's also this other part of us and the shadow isn't to be scared of or this like dark, scary thing. It's really this, the key to a lot of our secrets. A lot of what we're wanting in our lives are actually held within the shadow. Yeah, I feel like the shadow work is a good, it is like a key to open a padlock in order for you to grow more. And although it might feel like icky and sticky and lots of tension, lots of maybe tears, lots of raw emotions that people just don't want to face, 
that's when you actually come out even more stronger after you've actually went through part of the healing because I feel like you know whatever shadow that you're trying to work on there's multiple obviously it doesn't just like you know take a month to clear it can be like jibs and jabs of healing little parts of it and then you take a break from shadow work and focus more on like what you said the light the love like everything's great everything's fun and then you have to go back to working on it's kind of like a kid going to school you've got to go back to school again we've got to go tap into another part of that same shadow self or something else may may have come up that you're like whoa okay hello welcome to the table yeah absolutely and and some shadows integrate like that you know maybe something that was really traumatizing for you that you go back you acknowledge you rewrite it you you create a different perspective and that new neural pathway is just like bam like okay we're no longer a victim to that experience and and then you have the other shadows that you really have to work and integrate through and real life experiences keep triggering you and you you find yourself Mm -hmm. projecting outwards towards people you know all these instances that are like, okay, those are the really deeper ones that are asking to be brought to the light. And, um, you know, something that's so great about traveling is, well, you you were put every day, basically, in uncomfortable or unfamiliar situations. Uh, yes. And that's actually such a great way to accelerate the shadow work process, because you're getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah, I love that so much. And I'm itching to travel because I've been very stagnant since probably at least like, yeah just before lockdown now onwards I've been stagnant so I can feel myself like itching to like learn more about myself again go travel solo travel I've solo traveled for years like every single birthday for well before lockdown anyway every every single birthday I used to travel yeah for like a week at a time a random country that felt I felt called like one year was Bali one year was um Cape Verde other year was I can't even remember now there's so many and I feel like when I travel on my birthday that's a brand new year that's a brand new timeline technically in like astrology and numerology as well instead of waiting till like the end of the year like January you know December 31st into January 1st and I celebrate my new year like my own birth new year on holiday Mm -hmm. where I can really reflect and there's so much that comes up for me and that's it's just amazing And I need to get back on that travel game again because I miss it so much. (laughs) I know there's, so after I got, um, so after I returned back from my three month solo trip um, all over Europe, I returned back to LA and that was like, okay, yeah, this whole life is like way in the past. I don't even recognize that girl anymore. Um, I sold everything and then I hit the road and that was really when the two years really escalated. I lived in Sri Lanka and Morocco and oh, wow. literally just like the most random Eastern Europe, Albania, Turkey, <laughs> all the places. And I remember like in every city, I felt like I was a different person and I didn't grow up traveling. I just got, actually got my passport in, what was it? I, I forget the year, but I had only had my passport for like months at that period yeah so it's I not never... like it's been like renewed or anything like that it's a brand new <laughs> first passport first passport <laughs> and I was like stamp 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 <laughs> I got a little by the freedom and I was like what is this you know I've always been someone that kind of questioned the norm even in business school and university I you know I thought I would never be an entrepreneur because I had a lot of trauma around entrepreneurship in my family and then when I moved to LA, everything was like 
pointing me in the direction to start my social media marketing business. And I was like, okay, like I can't fight it, you know? And the same thing happens when I got presented the opportunity to really travel full time. I'm like, okay, this is coming to me. I never once saw this. I don't do goals. It was never a goal for me. It, <laughs> it just it was like, you know, when people talk about being in flow with the universe or being in alignment. Yeah. Yeah. It's really what it felt like. That's yeah, that's amazing. I go through ebbs and flows of being in alignment with the universe and then not being in alignment. But it's I'm very grateful that I'm aware of it. I can actually like understand like, oh Lois, like you're definitely not in alignment just now, what's going on? So then it's kind of getting yourself back into those like daily rituals and habits and even like just your thoughts to get you back into that alignment again so um speaking about what was I going to say there was something about travel that I was going to ask you I can't even remember now it'll it'll come back to me at some point so celibacy let's move on to that I would love to know what started your your celibacy journey was it, did you see something online? Did you wake up one day and go, I'm going to just be celibate? Or what inspired you to take that that jump, that leap, that leap of faith? Because I've listened to podcasts about celibacy, so I know what it is. And it's just really interesting to know everyone's individual story on how they, you know, took that first step of committing to it. I wish there was a book or a Instagram post or a TikTok <laughs> that I saw <laughs> at the beginning of my celibacy journey. But there, to be honest, there was nothing. I I had a life coach at that point. And after ending that three-month fling, she came into my life effortlessly. And one of the most profound things she said to me and what really inspired me to cut off all communication, all relationships with men, was she said to me, when you – wait, hold on – she said to me, when you let your boundaries down, you completely lose your, yourself. And you know when someone just says something and so, like a light bulb just clicks and yep. it was like a whole flashback of every time I had abandoned myself, everything, every time that I had chosen a decision and low self-worth. Yeah, everything was just like right in front of me. And I was like, okay, no more. Like, I don't want to be the doormat anymore. I don't want to make yes. excuses. I don't want to wish the other person to be a better person and try to wait it out for them. Like, I'm so tired of doing that. So she said that to me, everything clicks. And that's when I started my celibacy. As I said before, I didn't define it as celibacy in the beginning. I just thought I was taking a break, you know, which when I talk to <laughs> women now, a lot of them are like, yeah, like I, I'm just not dating and you know, I'm not practicing sex. I'm not practicing self-pleasure. And there is a difference between abstinence and celibacy, of course, but really what they're describing is celibacy. And so I went celibate and practiced shadow work at the same time for eight months. And that was in the midst of my traveling. So it was really accelerating my self-development as I was, you know, being exposed to different experiences through people's different cultures, discovering who I was on the road, you know, not downloading Bumble <laughs> to go on a date with <laughs> If I'm in Italy, you know, I wanted to, like, don't get me wrong. There were points in my, my life where I thought that would be so magical and romantic, right? But I stuck with it. I stuck with it up until eight months, and then I broke it for a one-night stand. I'm very open <laughs> about this because it's normal to break your we celibacy. All, yeah, 100%. We all have our moments, you know, and, and what I tell clients now is 
first of all, I don't care how long you're celibate. Like, and I say that with love. Like, what I want to know is what is the intention behind it? And what practices of self-development are you implementing at the same time of your celibacy? That is what accelerates and creates change. And so when I broke it after eight months for a man that I reflect back now, very similar to my emotionally unavailable father, right? I was seeking validation from him. And that was the biggest lesson that I learned from that experience. And that's what I tell people now. I'm like, if you break your celibacy, okay. There like, was a reason mourn. for it, maybe. You had to learn something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you get to choose what you take from that situation. Yes, you might fall down the rabbit hole and self-abandon and beat yourself up, but pick yourself up at the end of the day and change the perspective and choose how you're going to present that situation. I love that. So what is the difference between abstinence and celibacy for my listeners? So abstinence is not sex related. So you can be abstinent from coffee. You can be abstinent from self-pleasure, whatever it might be. Now, celibacy is sex-related, but it's important to know the two different types of celibacy. So you can be voluntary celibacy, which is really someone who vows to celibacy and abstains from sex because of an affiliation with an institution, like a nun or a priest, for example. And then you have involuntary, which is how I would describe my celibacy journey. And that's really going through either a sex dry spell, choosing not to have any romantic connections, choosing not to have sex, and it's really all those aspects of, yes, you're practicing abstinence, but you're really choosing to go on this journey. If that makes sense. Yeah, that does. No, that's, yeah, because I was like, abstinence versus celibacy, what would be the, the difference? But the main difference is celibacy is to do with the sex and the partners and in general. So when did you say that you started your celibacy journey again? <clears throat> so I started my celibacy journey when I was traveling it was beginning so it was about 2019 and I went okay. celibate in total for 13 months so as That's I said amazing. Uh, yeah that is right? amazing girl like I, have, I, feel, I feel like yeah. I've got so much questions to ask <laughs> but there's one thing see how you said that you cut off like um what's it called you cut off all ties with like connections with men and whatever when you say that what do you mean exactly do you just go ghost mode and like block and delete all of your male contacts and like instagram people or how do you go about that <laughs> yes so what i did was i deleted old things numbers i didn't block because me personally, I think blocking is quite an extreme energetic force between two people. And I didn't feel like it was yeah. necessary, but I did unfriend certain people on Instagram. I also set boundaries with uh, one particular ex that was still kind of scattering throughout my life that I knew that I really needed to shut that door. And, you know, that looks differently for everyone. Other people who might have poor boundaries or might have just these moments of weakness, you could describe it as... I would recommend blocking, totally deleting, and just clearing the space. So you can set yourself up for the most success possible. Perfect. And would you have to, like, for example, would you need to, like, for anyone listening that may maybe wants to start their journey and they've maybe got, like, you know, they're, they're maybe, like, in talking stages with a few guys, keeping their options open or whatever, you know? 
maybe you've got that one ex that always keeps coming back, like you said, do you need to essentially message them and be like, look, I'm taking a break, so don't message me. Or do you just go ghost mode? Because then what if, what if you see them and then they're like, hello, like Jordan, why have you just like blocked me <laughs> on everything? Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's a fair question. So the beautiful thing about celibacy is it really makes you practice your boundaries. Um, boundaries specifically for women are really hard. We suffer through three different aspects when it comes to setting our boundaries. And one of them is really feeling worthy of setting our boundary, right? And it's also the fear of when we do set our boundary, what we will lose or what we will be judged for. So if someone is frequently coming back into your life, if an ex is kind of still, let's say you do one scroll on your text messages and he's there, then I would say that there needs to be a verbal boundary set with that particular person to set yourself up for success. Something that we get so twisted in our minds about boundaries is it's about them. It's not about the other person. It's about you. And so I would say, you know, if I were working with you one on one, I would say, who are you most afraid of that's going to come back and try to ruin your celibacy journey? And whoever comes to mind is somebody that needs you need to set a boundary with. Okay. And like you said, that can be a boundary such as like a verbal boundary to begin with. But if they didn't overstep that verbal boundary, then it could get to the stage where you just, you know, say, look, I need to just cut cords just now because I'm working on myself and you block them. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with blocking. Like if it has to get to that point, then it's doing that. And there's also this aspect of ourselves where we don't need to over explain anymore. You know, we give yeah, ourselves. I feel like I do that too much. <laughs> that's, that's a shadow, really. That, that fact of over explaining is a shadow of either not being seen and supported in your, your verbal and emotional needs when you were younger and so now you have to over explain yourself to get that validation of what you did not receive you know it's also intertwined and what you have to catch yourself doing is like in the moment right using that awareness of i'm over explaining again but why am i over explaining what am i needing in this moment that i'm not giving to myself that i'm expecting someone else to give to me oh i love that yeah that's so that's a very very powerful line that you said there because there's so much times that I over explain and probably other people will as well but really like what you just said there what am I trying to get from that like what validation am I trying to get and if I just ask myself that next time I probably won't even ask that person <laughs> or not not ask that person but open that conversation is like to to the length that it might have gone so that's like that that is beautiful I love that so it'll save you a lot of time, <laughs> time yeah energy, you know like give that energy back to yourself yeah i i've i've definitely considered celibacy in the past i would say definitely now that i'm on like a deeper spiritual journey like don't get me wrong like you probably go through ebbs and flows with your own journey as well in terms of like going through you know back into old habits and patterns that you thought maybe you left in in the year 2019 or the year whatever and then they come back and it's probably a test but it's also i feel like i've had a lot of tests in the last year and a half and i was like damn it i'm falling out of alignment but really i don't think i was falling out of alignment i think i had to revisit that chapter to see it differently and to maybe integrate it into a different way and a different meaning than what i had first had perceived 
that experience or that certain trauma or that certain shadow and yeah like I keep going through like ebbs and flows of like TikTok is good for like reading your mind I feel and it always comes up like there's always something about celibacy every second or third month will come up and it's normally the time when I feel like my least worth worth like I'm not feeling worthy and that's probably the time that I'm seeking not even sexual pleasure but I'm just seeking validation from males so that's the time that I'll probably just want to like go out and you know wear like a nice dress so I can get attention or I will want to just even just speak to a guy every night or like every second night just for something to do but again that's feeding my my lack of worth into more oh okay well this person wants to continue to text me so I feel more worthy and I definitely go through ebbs and flows of that at least like once every couple of months once every three months and it's definitely hard to overcome that and normally around that time that's when TikTok <laughs> throws in the the random for you page women talking about celibacy and I'm like damn you universe you're trying to show me a sign <laughs> You know, what it is about universal signs is really what resonates you with that with you at the time. No, it's like yeah. if you really feel it within your body or it just kind of takes your breath away or you have that thought like oh, I should explore that more, that instinct behind it, then I would consider that a universal sign, of course. And what I tell people about celibacy, because celibacy in itself has its own stigma, right? especially if you grew up religious and you had this aspect of where you were taught about celibacy and it was used to control you. There's a lot of shadow around celibacy, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I really try to bring to light about celibacy and how I teach it is it's really a journey of discovering your self-worth because women specifically are really taught everything outside of us makes us who we are, that it's taking this time to actually sit within to explore your shadows, just a hair. My celibacy course just touches on your shadows. And it's not the full in-depth shadow work process. Um, but I do that intentionally to really bring to light these aspects that you have either self-abandoned or you just haven't been taught to consider your own needs first. Like it's very common for women that I work with that when I ask them about their self-care because that is an extreme component to celibacy, to shadow work, they can't answer me and it's it's not because they don't know right it's it's just mm -hmm. because they've never been asked or they've never been given the time the opportunity to think about what they need so can you define self-care when you ask your clients about what they do for self-care what do you mean by that self-care is really about self-love and it's taking those little moments and giving that to yourself whether it's enjoying a nice cup of tea like soaking in the warmth of the tea, letting it flow down your throat, filling into that, like taking that moment, right? That's showing yourself self-love because you're paying attention to how you feel in that moment. It's something that's going to a yoga class, showing up to Pilates and keeping yourself on the schedule because you know if you don't go once and you're not going to go for the rest of the week because your mind's going to come up with any excuse, right? It's catching yourself in that and then doing opposite of what, that old story is trying to tell you. Self-love is really about just giving back to yourself in the smallest moments until it becomes habitual. 
Yeah. So when you speak about your clients and you always like you say that self-care is like an integral part of how you work with your clients and um, clients that are you know new to celibacy and practicing it, they did you to say that they don't really have a self-care, self-love ritual at all or even know how to because they're so used to depending on other like outside sources, basically to validate their worth and their love and their everything else. Yeah, so usually for people that are exploring celibacy, it's usually I've caught them at a time where they have either completely self-abandoned, they ended up in a situation where they didn't feel worthy of what they were asking for. It's always, unfortunately, some type of heartbreak or really just a devastating moment in their life. And so think about it. When I come to you at that, that time in my life, I haven't been choosing myself. I haven't been taking care of myself and in the aspects that I need, right? So things just get a little blurry. Like I said earlier, it's not that they don't know, it's just like they need the moment, they need the opportunity to consider themselves. And for women specifically, we really are experts at abandoning ourselves. And it's not intentional, right? It's like what you speak of, of like how every couple of months this comes up for you and then your pattern, right, is to go out and to get that validation and then the cup is filled, right, until the cup is empty again. And it's just yes. a pattern. It's just a pattern until we we rewire it and create a new pathway to think differently, to be differently. I love that. It's such a journey because changing like what's it called? Is it changing like the neural pathways? Is that what it is? That is neural, a, yes. A, yeah that's a deep journey and that is not going to happen overnight so what is your biggest tip for somebody who maybe has a lot of um what's the word i'm looking for here resistance to practicing celibacy but knows that it's in their calling to practice it what's your biggest tip for them so resistance is really the fear of change Right. And so what I would ask them is when in their past life have they experienced change and it benefited them in a way that enabled them to move forward. Right. So if you have an experience of when you change and then you were not supported or you were not seen or you were not heard fully for that person that you were, that then became a shadow, then that then turned into resistance, right? So if you can kind of see the pattern of where resistance is coming from, if you can recognize, even if it's like a smallest thing, it can literally be like, I changed the color of my hair, right? And my mom shamed me for doing it. Or I wanted a piercing and I went behind my parents' back and as the first thing that they said to me when I did it was that looks horrible. That right there is something that is going to imprint in your mind because your mind is just ooey-gooey it's taking in everything, right? <laughs> and then you get older and then you're like, ah, I, I fear, I fear that because I might be judged. There might be shame that comes with that. So if you don't want to go fully back into the little bit of a shadow work practice, what I would encourage you or anyone that is feeling resistance to the opportunity is to just slowly, gently start exposing yourself more to the possibility of being celibate and what that looks like so that could be like following someone on social media that's talking about celibacy regularly right that's just kind of like easing yourself into the conversation 
getting familiar with what it really means. And if you can see yourself in another person's journey, then it's the maybe path meant is yeah so there's one question that i feel like you maybe did answer but i maybe didn't hear it properly when you practice celibacy does that mean that you do not like you abstain from self-pleasure so this totally depends <clears throat> on your specific journey so when i was practicing celibacy i did abstain from self-pleasure that was because of my own history of sexual trauma and my own relationship with sex so part of going celibate, right, is to look at all these aspects of yourself, of how you showed up in past relationships and how you treated yourself. Sex is a big conversation when it comes to a woman's self-worth, right? And yeah. so for me, I had to get very honest with my relationship with sex. And I knew that it was not a particularly healthy or beneficial relationship. And so I chose to abstain from it until I really had fully acknowledge the trauma that I went through, the shadows around it, and really stops beating myself up about it. Okay, this is going to be a really deep question here. So what happens when you literally have like the urge, like you are like legit so horny, like, how do you get out of that knowing that you've completely surrendered to this whole journey of celibacy, both with self pleasure and with males? Like, how how do you go over that little like instant like knee jerk reaction? Like I need to do something right now. Yeah, and that's it's powerful energy too. So it's so part powerful. of what exactly sexual energy is your creative energy, really. Yeah. And so part of being on this journey and what I teach is really getting in contact and getting to know yourself and your chakra system, specifically the sacral chakra where your creative energy really comes from there's something called transportation that you can practice to take that sexual energy when you're horny for example and turning it and converting it into a different form of creating so your relationship with sex for example when you become horny your mind goes to the end state of i need to have maybe an orgasm or i need to release this energy right and so that's where your mind is what you have to do is reprogram your mind to use that sexual energy into other aspects that it will give you the same exact, maybe not physical reaction, right? But this chemically, the same release. Yeah, and that creative energy could be anything that could be from like, maybe you, you film a new podcast episode, for example, or you write half of a book, like maybe you're working on a book. It can be like limitless, can't it? Absolutely. You could you can do yoga, you can dance, you can draw, you can tap into your inner child, you can play, you can play with Play-Doh. I don't know. You could do so much, right? And excuse me, a lot of what we're out of touch with is that inner child aspect of us. And what you have when you're celibate is time to really discover those aspects of yourself that you're wanting to explore more. And maybe that's feeling more free. It's playing more. And so you are challenged to really reprogram the way that you think. And, but this is really with the intention to create really what you want, right? And, and reprogramming that mindset that like, yeah, if you're, let's say you have that wave of creative energy, maybe you never realized that that energy can, you can write a whole blog with it, you know, yeah, whereas before and it, it resides you were just releasing. You. 
Of course, mm. yeah. But there's not. I guess there's like nothing wrong with release because that's why people have sex. That's why there's you know self pleasure. But it's understanding like the like the boundaries between it and to hold more of that energy for other things and then when to release it and then when to release it is probably going to be best suited when you're in like a conscious relationship for example because i feel yeah it's a game so, changer yeah because if i reflect back on to one of my um previous partners i remember i was you know i was home i can't remember how long i was with him for but every single time that we had sex I always felt so drained after it. Like I had lost my creative spark for weeks. It took me a while to get it back. And I always wondered why that happened. And I like now I know he was not for me. <laughs> and obviously the, 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 the connection between two people, we exchange energies. So he probably was latching on to all my energy versus me latching on to his energy or his insecurities or vice versa. But I never like, I honestly struggled so much to stay creative and make new content for like a week or two after having sex with my partner at the time. Wow, that's, it's interesting No, I mean, it's a beautiful, hard lesson to learn because now you know how sensitive you are, how sensitive we all are to exchanging that energy with certain people. It is interesting, women in fact do get more creative once they are once they have more orgasms men actually lose creativity but what it sounds like what you're describing is there was something else going on maybe it was an emotional connection yeah. that was actually you were draining from it and also just you know when our bodies don't lie our bodies no, don't of course lie not. yeah yeah because it was it was it was such a sad um lesson i had to learn but I, I just ignored so much red flags in that. Like the amount of times that I would like drive home after like staying over for the weekend, for example. And I was just like, my, like my body was like, this is not for you. You're driving home feeling depressed. Like, why do you feel like this? That's a sign. Like if you're not being uplifted from sex after a connection with your partner, then there's something wrong there. And the compatibility was obviously just not meant to be, but I must have just been in a state of lack and didn't want to lose that person because um, I think I've got abandonment. Like I do have abandonment issues. So maybe there was that element of, well, if I break up with them, I'm never going to find anyone. But it's really, really interesting um, if I like reflect back on like other partners that I've had in the you know most recent past and like the further away past. It's crazy how like sometimes after after like sex I feel extremely li like liberated I can go and like create like a whole month's worth of content for TikTok or Instagram yeah. and other yeah. times I am just like I shall go to bed and that's why I love how the body just knows it just it's almost like that intuition is always going to be there and it always comes either from the gut from the brain or from like just genuinely like that knowing yeah absolutely i mean when we think of sex like good sex right should be safe you should feel free and you should feel celebrated and yeah. so much of what we're taught you know and i think back in my sex education is more about abstinence mm -hmm. rather in the reproduction system right our organs yeah. all that very important to learn but i wish i would have learned more about communication 
pleasure, for example. I wish that I would have been taught about foreplay and actually consent, right? Yes, and maybe consent. even it's that's huge. A huge one. And absolutely. And that's what celibacy really is. It's like giving that all back to yourself. Like I was never given proper sex education really until I went into that state of like, okay, I'm, I need to learn all these aspects about myself because things aren't adding up. Like, why am I choosing these partners out of low self-worth, seeking validation? Yeah. Why am I having, why am I finding excuses not to have sex? Like, what, you know, like, what is it? Because like sex should be fun and good and it should feel good and I should feel empowered, but I wasn't. And so just taking that time to understand my relationship with it is so important. And I, I really wish that for everyone, because once you do learn more about yourself, then it like sprinkles into every aspect of your life. <laughs> you know? It's just like, <laughs> I love it. like everything. <laughs> it's like self-development, right? It's like once you see one way, like you can never go back. Yeah. You just can never go backwards. I mean, you might. Maybe you have a little slip up, but you know consciously what you did, right? Yeah. It's like a whole yeah. new light is shining and you're or like, maybe oh, you had okay, to learn something more from that. Absolutely. You mentioned tests earlier and, and tests come into your life to expand you. Like the, there's no such thing as passing or failing a test. I it's like that. whatever yeah. situation comes from the test, that is what you were supposed to learn. And right. And there's a certain aspect. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a certain aspect of self-accountability on this journey and responsibility and also having compassion for yourself and where you are. I love that. And I feel like when it comes down to celibacy, a lot of people will probably struggle in the first like few months, won't they? And I feel like when it comes down to abstaining from sex for example a lot of people don't actually crave sex they crave intimacy and they're two different things because you oh, can literally girl. like yes like I just feel like there's so much if I reflect on to like my I don't want to call them whole days you know but if I reflect back on to like the younger Lois like partying all the time just having no boundaries bit of a people pleaser bit of a doormat all of the above I was probably seeking just a lot of intimacy and that didn't have to be from sex. That could have been me feeling seen and heard and appreciated from, you know, a nice walk along the beach or just someone even just sitting and listening to what I'm saying and giving me good eye contact and me feeling their energy from the body language that they're showing me. And it doesn't need to, like, even like a movie night with just cuddles but like cuddles that are meaningful and you know the person maybe affirming words to me that mean I'm safe, I'm seen. You you can be yourself. But I think a lot of people get caught up in the whole, oh, I need to have sex, you know? But a lot of times I have felt so unsatisfied after it. And I'm like, yeah, that didn't even help. <laughs> that didn't even Absolutely. help. Absolutely. You still, or you feel worse, no? Like, I, yeah, I've definitely yeah. been in those situations where Me I'm too. like, why did I do that? And what I was seeking was not the physical. No, I was seeking something deeper than that. I either wanted to be held or seen or fully heard. And 
And so much of what we're taught about, again, we're not taught about intimacy. Like, that's a question that I ask my clients. Like, when you think of intimacy, what do you think of? Usually people refer back to sex, right? Mm -hmm. To going deeper into it, like, when did you witness intimacy in your life, right? Looking at your parents' relationships, you know, there's really five main types of intimacy, mental, physical, emotional, uh, energetically, and uh, spiritual, right i love so, that yeah that's great i didn't so know that can, there was all five but i feel like you can definitely i definitely in, in, encompass all five maybe not as much as i would like to but there's definitely all five elements that i encompass for sure yeah there's i mean there's all actually there's a lot of different types of intimacy we're just not taught these things there's also experiential which is when you experience experience traveling together with somebody you know what oh, does that look wow, like physical <laughs> i know right and, and physical intimacy doesn't even have to be about the act it's really just feeling good and allowing yourself to be free in whatever you are doing right mentally is really when you you know when you have deep conversations with somebody a partner a best friend whatever that is and you just yes. like feel challenged and it's like oh that was such a good conversation that's intimacy of course. We're just not taught these things, you know? No. It's like our mind is like intimacy equals sex equals pleasure. <laughs> like, what? It's like, just like, can we back up? Oh, no. so can many we back steps? up, please? <laughs> like, because I definitely redefine intimacy so much different now. And I think it's been on my journey. I am definitely an intimate person. But I feel like if I said that to someone who doesn't really know me as an individual, they'd be like, oh, okay, she likes a lot of sex then. And it's like, no, like, I'm a very intimate and passionate person because I definitely have, I am on a journey. So I crave, like, I, like, I shut off from conversations. See if there's not any, like, deep, empowering, challenging conversations that mentally, mentally stimulate each other, whether it's, like, a friendship or, um, you know, a talking stage with a guy or even just, like, someone on social media that you just want to talk to you know if there's not in if there's not really anything mentally stimulating me i shut off i just i can't do that anymore like small talk for me is just a no and not even like not even just talking but even like body language eye contact mm. how someone actually stands when i'm around them because i i think i've got that that awareness that i can make people feel safe and i i obviously work with clients in the gym and I get told that a lot, like, they're like, you know, I wasn't really feeling up to coming today, but I knew that coming to see you would help because you always make me feel, like, good about myself. You always uplift my energy. And that's something so beautiful to hear because that's all I want. And I think I've got, a like, a small gift in knowing just when a client's off. And instead of me, like, challenging them and going, are you okay, what's up? I know what to do. I know how to, like, look at them. I know how to, what tone of voice to have with them. And I'm very, very grateful for that because I feel like it does. And that's that emotional and spiritual intimacy that you you just spoke about that I can give not only to my clients in a professional manner, but I can also give that to a friend. Like say a friend is coming to me and she's just been hurt by a guy or she's going through like a hard time with someone she's meeting and they've maybe like hurt them. I can give that emotional intimacy that that person did, like, you know, that that, that person deserves and needs at that time. And that's not even sexual. That's just completely like emotional, and it's beautiful. Yeah, it is. And I just wish more individuals encompassed those sort of intimacy traits. I would call them because so Absolutely. much people are just shut off from their emotions, completely shut off. Ooh. And 
you know that's a whole that's a whole other conversation though but yeah (laughs) but what you speak about really is you cultivating that also means that you can cultivate it within yourself so that's again going back to the the celibate intention it's like we can learn about having intimacy with others but really what I want to know is can you be intimate with yourself like how are you giving yourself emotional intimacy right are you listening to your needs or are you abandoning yourself you know do you say you're going to do something yeah do you say you're going to do something and then not follow through with it these are all aspects oh, so of many times <sighs> so many times i've got i know like it's hilarious because i've got i did de- like so much clients have said lois you should be like a motivational speaker and that's one reason why i started a podcast because i have been on a lot of journeys like i have had a lot of like time on my journey i've had multiple like deaths and rebirths i've listened and dived into so much different podcast topics i've like expanded my knowledge and my growth and understanding of everything that I can give a good pep talk to a client from like a deep heart like clenching and warming way and that's kind of why this podcast started really this is like the kind of inspiration behind it all but when I tell my clients this I also say damn I wish I wish I could take my own advice literally (laughs) isn't it always like that though especially in this line of work specifically it's like the advice that you constantly find yourself giving is actually the advice that you should be taking. That you need. And every single client is definitely a mirror to myself as well. I feel like a lot of people Absolutely. are mirrors to each other. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and partnership really too, beautiful. no? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. It's just, when you look at life through a different lens, it really is beautiful. Even like the hard times like that you go through, I feel like I wouldn't have it any other way. And that's why... I've started up the, the Level Up My podcast because I want people to go on that journey. I want people to devote time to their, to their self, to their growth, to unlearning and relearning and having lots of deaths and rebirths, not literally, but in the spiritual aspect, the emotional aspect, the, you know, the boundaries, all of that sort of stuff. So I see that you have yourself a lovely partner and it seems like it's a very, look at your little face lighting up. And it, it seems like it's a very conscious partnership because I can just see it on, I don't even need to be in your presence. I can see it through the phone. Like I'm looking at my phone going, that is radiating right to me. I need this. <laughs> I need this. So tell me more about this beautiful part, like part, partnership, this relationship. How did this manifest? How did it happen? Wow. Well, it's definitely my first most conscious relationship I've ever, ever been in. It's possible, ladies, I promise. Um, (laughs) So this was really after my celibacy journey. Um, So after I broke my celibacy, I went on to go five more months. And then I was like, okay, I'm ready to start dating, which is, you know, what people run into when it comes to breaking their celibacy or to putting it to rest, at least for the time being, you know. Um, and I felt within me like, okay, I, I'm ready to practice everything that I spent a lot of time healing, a lot of intentional time sitting with, right? Discovering who I was without a partner, redefining my self-worth and really stepping into feeling worthy of what I was wanting. And um, there's a lot of practices that I went through, a lot of practices that I teach now. One of them is defining your non-negotiable list, which is basically creating a list of everything oh, that yeah. you will not settle for in a partner, right? 
And that list will grow and it'll change and evolve just as you will as you go on this journey, as you start dating, right? You figure out, get more clear about like, ah, yeah, maybe I don't want that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I've learned a lot of lessons. <laughs> Yes, exactly. And that's beautiful. That's why you should never be attached to your non-negotiable list. But so I was ending my traveling. I was moving to Mexico. That really was a situation that just kind of like fell into my lap. And I was like, all right, universe is blessing me with a house. I'm moving to Mexico City. Let's make it happen. So it was the first time in two years that I was grounded in one space. And that's really what helped me feel ready to start dating again. I downloaded Bumble because I was new to the city. I didn't know anyone. And I was like, that's the quickest way I'm going to meet people. Let's be honest. Yeah. I prefer the Bumble difference... as well. Bumble's better yeah. than Tinder big time. At least here. <laughs> I mean, it definitely depends on the country you're in. But here in Mexico City, I can say that the Bumble's way better than the Tinder for sure. Um, so I went on I went on one date with this guy, right? And we started dating kind of casually dating um for about i think it was like two months but it was very very casual i'll say that and there was an instance at the the end of our dating that i had an opportunity to set a boundary old jordan totally would have just settled and just kind of cooperated with the minimum energy and time that he was giving me but instead i chose to say let's just be friends um i I don't see this going any further because what I want is a partner and you're not able to give that to me. So it's okay. Let's just be friends. That door closed. I got back onto Bumble and I met Emilio. And I do believe that me really stepping into my self-worth, right? Almost as a test, like that man was really a test. And it was a test to be like, are you going to choose what you've always chosen in the past? Are you going to choose yourself and really go after what you want, which is a partner, a partner that mm-hmm. wants to spend time with you, that wants to communicate with you, right? And so I meant exclusivity. Exactly. That was on my list, right? I was like, check, that's check, check. On, that's the first thing on my list. I need exclusivity. If we are even remotely going to try dating, I need to know from like the get go, are you looking for exclusivity because if not there's no point trying good good for you you know we should have more of those open conversations right off the bat like yeah i'm not afraid to be too forward too soon i've had too much situationships and months wasted by waiting for the like the right moment to ask a question when i'm like no i know what i want i've got clear negotiables now and i'm like tough if this person is too like well, this girl's intense. That's fine. I'm not for you. Bye. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, intense is just a, a projection of their own shadow. So nothing personal. I but I will say that being in a conscious relationship has the same intensity almost as healing on your own, right? Because your partner becomes your mirror. They begin to know every aspect of you. You know, I'm showing up in this relationship as I've never shown up before. There's aspects of it where I'm like, I don't even recognize the woman that I am in this partnership, you know, which is which is beautiful. But I do have to continue doing the work in it and him as well, because it's like my commitment to me is the most important thing. And that's really something that I learned from my life coach when the one that told me about the band, the boundary and abandoning myself. Yeah. You know, she had me define what a relationship was. And at that time, I was like, 
don't know, it's like, you know, in a partnership with someone, you're happy, you're in love, you know, he's your other half, whatever, he completes you, right? And she was like, whoa, wait, what? No, 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 let's, let's redefine that, right? And so the, the definition, what eventually became mine is two people choosing to come into relation with each other. And in that, loving each other more, right? And growing and evolving and expanding and choosing. That's important, choosing to be together and to have that love together. And if it does break up, you still have that same love for yourself. For me, that's most important because you're not, you're not relying on another person, right? This is yeah. a lot of what attachment theory works through. Oh, yeah. And it's like, people the other define person that shouldn't make you selfish. happy. Exactly. Exactly. Like that. You and need to like, you, you, you need to be happy with or without a partner and that partner coming into your life is an like addition to your life. It's an addition. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you said it so well. It's, it's literally an addition to you, your growth, your experiences and your, and your journey. And obviously it helps to have a conscious partner as well. Right. But it also, both of you will be bringing up a lot of stuff. There was something that I worked through recently of like, are things getting bored or am I just not used to being in a, such a healthy and a stable and healthy yes. Because then if you were to then over project that, that may have then turned into self-sabotage of your guys's relationship. Oh, 100%. That's exactly what the shadow was. It was like, Oh, we got to get out before I'm heartbroken. (laughs) It's like, no, that's just an old, old pattern. That's an old story that is not true to my present life. Right. But they will come up, they appear. And, Mm -hmm. but with that, it's like to feel safe, to feel seen and to feel heard in the presence of another has also accelerated my healing of, and my self-worth of like, wow, I am really deserving of that. You know, sometimes when we have limiting beliefs about ourselves, the first thing that we need to do is really see to believe. And when we can see it, a new belief created that I am worthy of that, mm-hmm. then that's really how the belief is reprogrammed and you actually become embodied with it. I do believe I, that. I am worthy. Yeah, I love that because there's so, like there's been a few times that people have said to me like, you're worth more or you know you're worth it or and I'm just like am I <laughs> you know like sometimes I question it and it's like there's still that element that I've got to work on myself of being like no I am worth it I deserve more or I deserve this or xyz um absolutely so what you just spoke about there would you, would you say that's your definition of like a conscious relationship or have you got another way of explaining to my listeners what a conscious relationship is a big aspect of a conscious relationship is feeling safe seen and heard on both partners right providing that Mm -hmm. space for you to have that but also not attaching yourself to them or asking them to fulfill you remembering that you are always in charge of how you show up and the love that you give yourself and always remembering that you are worthy and that you are full without another person. And when you are in a conscious relationship, having someone hold space for you and reflect and not judge you for your past or your traumas that you've been through, even your perspective. And 
and that allows for that safety, right, of non non judgment and yeah. a lot of ego deaths and rebirths oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> happens in conscious relationships. But yeah, I would say it's it's really that container of having a safe space to be seen, heard, and fully supported who you are without any expectations or attachment. Yeah, and I think a lot of that comes down to like complete communication on both parts but also maybe love languages which I don't think get talked about enough because we all have our love languages but not only that I feel like attachment styles also play a huge role too yeah. and I think all yeah. that really has like I think that's elements of a conscious relationship isn't it all these different things that need to be definitely addressed and embodied in order to make it a conscious relationship because if you're with someone and you're not even you've not even spoke about love languages for example how can you understand that person on like a deeper level how do you know that per how do you know what that person craves and desires how that person feels like you like what you said feels the most seen and heard because if you don't know their love language and they don't know yours you're never going to have that cup filled and then their cup filled as well because you can't reciprocate if you don't know Exactly. And it all starts with you, you know, like at the end of the day, I say this so often, but at the end of the day, you have to go to bed with yourself. It doesn't matter if your conscious partner is in the same bed with you. You are still stuck with the old programming, the same thought patterns, you know, the negative self-talk, whatever it might be. That's yours. And part of being in a conscious relationship is practicing consciousness yourself, right? and learning your attachment styles knowing that you can be an avoidant or an anxious in the same day but recognizing when you are doing that and the you know the underlying issue at hand when you are feeling those attachments coming through also learning your love language because you know you know when that trend on tiktok was going around like the number one your number yeah. one love language is often what you did not get as a child okay well that that's something to explore too you know like mine is physical touch and I, yeah i didn't receive physical touch much at all especially from my father and and now that's my number one and that that's makes so much one. sense to me yeah yeah mine is words of affirmation that. i thought mine was physical touch too but now that i've dived in deeper to communication with like different people um like potential partners all that sort of stuff words of affirmation is a big one for me and i think i need to be told yeah like you are you are fine lois like things are good between us all that sort of stuff and that probably does come down to the years of just not being seen or heard through bullying for example that was probably my biggest like traumatic time in my life but i love that so much i just had something else there was something else that came to my head and i've just forgotten what it was because i want to say that um What were we speaking about before that? Sorry, I've lost my train of thought completely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, it's totally, I usually do that, actually. I'm like, wait, what? Um, wait, what? <laughs> conscious, de defining conscious relationship, um, love languages, attachment yeah, the, styles. The conscious relationship. So here's a question for you. What if you have, so this goes like this, this can be like somebody who might be in this sort of situation, for example. One person feels more worthy than the other person so one person might have a lot of insecurities and might feel like they're not good enough for their partner how do they overcome that to make it into a more conscious relationship 
Well, it starts with you, right? It starts with looking at where the insecurity is rooting from. And you might be feeling them even more extreme because you're in a, a partnership and they might be mirroring back your own insecurities, right? So if you find yourself being a jealous person, looking at the really reality of that emotion and what is it tied to and acknowledging your past experiences with maybe infidelity, for example, or whatever can really root in that jealousy in your experience with it. And, um, you know, there is a difference between jealousy and also just feeling envy for someone, right? Mm -hmm. If you're feeling envious of a situation, it's really because you're seeing aspects of yourself in the other that you haven't fully integrated yourself. Yes, that you are worthy of getting to. Exactly. So, like I said, it's always going back to you. If you find yourself in a, in a relationship where you're really getting triggered all the time. That's really what you speak about is, you know, feeling all these insecurities coming up and a lot of triggers are happening. It's because there's aspects of yourself that you've either suppressed, denied, or just hidden from your sub your conscious. And they're coming up because they're asking to be integrated. And that's why partnership is so great because it can really accelerate the shadow work process, for example. But at the end of the day, you have to choose, right? That's that self-accountability again of, do you always want to feel like this in a relationship or do you believe and trust that you're worthy of more? Yeah. And if they believe and trust that they're worthy of more, then it's their job to take the action to change, but also to communicate with the partner based on how they're going to change or look, I want to do this or that, for example. And then that's when the partner can then hold like this safe container for the other person to work through what they need to do in order to like transmute that into more of a positive than the ne than the negative yeah ideally that's what happens right but realistically sometimes that's not always the case sometimes that will then trigger that partner right oh. into thinking uh maybe they might become better than me or they're healing and i'm just kind of stuck here so that might trigger their shadow so Yes, of course, if you're in a conscious relationship, hopefully both of you are looking consciously at yourselves before you look at your container of a relationship. Um, but often what we learn is when sometimes when we don't have the support, right? Or we're kind of gaslit into thinking that we are less than or we're not worthy of choosing ourselves. And unfortunately, that's often when women go into this work because they've had an experience where someone told them that they couldn't do it or they weren't worth it, you know? And so often that has to be the accelerator for them. So yeah, un unfortunately it usually works out that way. If not, and you have the, the power and the willpower to say like, yes, I am worthy and then it's freaking beautiful. There's so much opportunity to work from there. Yeah. And that's why I feel like every relationship should have some sort of like you said, guide, even if it's a short term guide, because I feel like in this generation, for example, there's so much suppressed emotions, suppressed feelings. You've got to hide how you feel nowadays. You've got to pretend that you're just like this, like, lazy, blazy person, like, oh, you can't hurt my feelings. I'm just going to move on. Like, I'm, you know, it's like the hyper independent female boss babe person. <laughs> ah, we were in sync. <laughs> I, there's one thing I wish w that would die with our generation. It's the term boss babe. 
honestly what in the what even is that for a term i just feel like the hyper feminist person has got a lot of deep-rooted issues that they need to then focus on no offense to them but i feel like why are we all getting it why are why is this generation coming into that like oh well i don't care i'll move on i'm not going to give myself fully i'm not going to be vulnerable and be explorative with one person i'm going to suppress my emotions blase blase if it doesn't work out fine i'll move on to the next like what even is this generation nowadays it's really hard to it's so hard to even like open up anymore because if you open up to your fullest and most vulnerable state to be seen and heard the other person is either going to run for the hills <laughs> ghost you or not even know how to take on anything that you've said like maybe gaslight absolutely it definitely does come with a risk, right? Hopefully discretion is used when it when it comes to opening up on such a vulnerable level with one person. But I mean, so much of what you said was exactly who I was. I was so proud of being able to dispose of men, right? I used mm -hmm. sex as a form of empowerment. Really, I was abandoning myself and I was so disconnected from my own needs and wants that I just settled. Period. And that fueled, yeah. and that fueled the ego, right? And um, it's really not until you begin to dissect your relationship with every single aspect of doing why, right? And where that came from and how acknowledge that that was really a learned or taught behavior and acknowledging that, right? And so much of what you described is really, for women specifically, like we're, we're really not supported in being our most feminine, right? When we think about feminine and masculine energy, which has a lot of kind of, there's, that do we say masculine feminine do we say yin and yang how do we define it as a gender role right but yeah. when we look at masculine and feminine energy like women that have the most anger towards using the word feminine are often the ones that have the biggest shadow of feminine energy and that's because we have grown up in a society that teaches us to be boss babes, to be hyper independent, yeah, to be the woman that can do everything. Energy. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So when it comes to being feminine, it's really what it is, is it's not feeling safe, right? And it's or it's risking that vulnerability to be either taken down for by a man, for example, not getting paid enough in the workspace. It's like, we're really, women are not set up to actually be in flow of their feminine. Like, I believe that 110%. And so what we see from that is the backlash of it, this whole culture of hyper-independent, super-feminist yeah. women, which, you know, everyone has their cause on this world. It's of beautiful. Of course, everyone's being, everyone's coming onto this, like, planet to, yeah, everyone's got a role in this universe, Absolutely. I would say. Some people Absolutely. are healers, some people are guides, some people have to go through the hard stuff in life. Some people are made to be um, hyper vigilant or hyper, you know, fo focus. Others are supposed to be like more relaxed, chill, calm. I do believe in that as well. So it is, it's just like this, gen this generation nowadays, I just find it, it's so backwards when it comes to like focusing a lot on like, like what you said, like all of this work, the shadow work, the celibacy, just diving more about, like learning more about yourself. We don't focus on ourselves enough. And if we do focus on ourselves from that like hyper independent boss babe energy, it's on the wrong side of the spectrum.
completely. Um, yeah, it's totally acting out of, you know, the shadow aspects of ourselves and overcompensating for the parts of ourselves that we haven't fully integrated or become aware of. And, and yeah. that is the beauty of doing inner work on yourself, right? Is everything reflects back to you. And, and that's what I love to teach about celibacy, shadow work. It's like, what do you want? Like, what are you in desire of in this life? And, and if you don't know what that is, then, okay, what is working Explore for you? It. What yeah, is not what is working? working? Yeah. I feel if a lot of people had access to the means, the tools, the coaches, the guides, the knowledge, there would be a lot more happier partners in the world because, you know, a lot of people that feel like men are disposable, like, you know, females, for example, that, you know, find it so easy just to dispose of a male who hurts them and move on to the next one. There could have been so much potentials in lost causes if they both just did the work. And a lot of times you can't do the work by yourself. I've had, I've had a therapist. I've got an astrologist as a coach. I don't have them all the time, but I have them when I need them. And I had my therapist at a time in my most recent relationship where um, I got triggered a lot because it happened quite frequently. It happened in friendships, it happened in relationships where if this person didn't get back to me, like they kind of just like didn't reply after, like for so long, I would be so triggered. I would make up like since like scenarios in my head. And then the scenarios would get so big that it would then affect the, the communication between two people, which would then cause a lot of like problems and like maybe attitude or just like a lot of negative tension and that would happen within family within friendships it would happen with like my partner my partner was what like it kind of expanded out to me um and then we had a massive fallout and it was just stupid like the most weirdest fallout ever but it was based on my trigger and then I went deep into it with my therapist and she actually said that it was because I was ignored as a child and it was deep it went deep and i was yeah, like it's it usually Whoa. does yeah like, and i was like i cannot believe that it was from something like as young as being a child and not being like i i was ignored you know and i was like wow so now we understand why i get triggered so much when people don't apply back to me and we're in the middle of like a really important conversation or i'm like hello what time are you coming to mind we're going to get ready like like these things and and you know my friend might have like not replied for an hour and I'm like well we're not going out obviously she's ditched me or whatever but really she was like hey sorry I was in the shower like what's wrong <laughs> like worst case scenario but here she is like hey just got out of the shower just about to get ready what are you doing and here's me like not even got started ready because I was like it's not happening <laughs> and I just feel scenario, like absolutely. yes and I just feel like we could you know save yourself a lot of time, heartbreak and problems if couples just worked on their problems together and seek to the support that they needed, you know, they seek that container, with, you know, whatever it is, a coach, a mentor, a guide, whatever resonates with them at that time. But instead, we all just put our feelings under a rug, see men as, see each other as disposable. We've got the whole world and social media makes it even more toxic because there's multiple opportunities to meet multiple different people instead of the close container that you have in your city, your hometown. There's more chances, there's a bigger reach. And that's why I feel like we've all just like learned just to suppress our emotions. Okay, they're not compatible because they didn't tick this one box, vice versa. Mm -hmm. 
we put them in the bin, we move on. But really, if we just did some work, we could have found something beautiful from it. Absolutely. And if you, you know yourself well enough to know what you are either disposing of or what really does not align with you, right? That's like a whole different way of showing up and dating, showing up in relationships. And you mentioned something really profound is, yeah, this, this work actually is not as accessible as it should be, right? Um, when you think of a therapist, like how much are you paying a therapist? At least, like at least in the states, like one fifty US an hour, yeah. right? And that mm-hmm. that's not just like chump change for a lot of people. For the general person to be able to afford that once a week is it's very expensive. And you're lucky if you have healthcare that's covering that expense. And so, of course, lo- it's a, a lot it of- is a privilege. It is, a, it is a privilege for sure and I just wish so much more things were easy, easily accessible and that's why I feel like my mission is my podcast. Part of my, you know, my podcast has been put off for, oh, I had my podcast cover made for a year before I started my podcast. Let's put it that way, okay? I had so much self-sabotage go on. I had so much lack of belief and I just put it off for months, put it off for months and eventually I just plunged in and did it. And I feel like this podcast is definitely something that I feel is going to help a lot of people because I want to have people on the show that are going to expand people's minds because if they can't pay for this sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for here, pay for the service, they can at least get some sort of free knowledge from each person that I have on my show. That's beautiful. You're, you're literally facilitating a space for others to heal and I think having that intention is the most beautiful thing that anyone can do especially in this space and and coming from an authentic version of you and allowing you know your story to be told and allowing a safe space for others to share theirs like I'm very grateful for you inviting me here and for us having this this container of safety and seeing each other and hearing each other and creating this intimate moment like both of us just talking about our different experiences has been amazing and that's what I love the most because you learn from other people's experiences as well and then you realize that we're not all that different we're not perfect no one's perfect we've all got our little our shadow selves and a lot of us have similar shadows to others like there's so much of myself that I that I knew you were speaking about in yourself and I was like that was me at some point in my life that was me as well (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. If we can use others as our mirrors, right, with that perspective and, and knowing that, yeah, not perfect whatsoever. You know, I still face my shadows on the daily. And, you know, it, it is what it is. It's part of being on this journey that maybe they don't hold that, that strength over me anymore. But they're still there. You know, the negative oh, yeah. self talk, the intensity's oh, not as have, big anymore. Exactly. Like, you know, for example, something that is a big shadow of mine is um, trusting that things can come easily to me, right? Whether that's, oh, yeah. that's money, well, success. <laughs> yeah, just like, and so whenever something does come to me, I like take a moment and I'm like, thank you for coming easily to me. Like, oh, I am yeah. worthy of this. I believe in myself. Like, they, that was easy. And I, and I want that, right? It's like, part of this relationship that we have with the universe and with ourselves is is trusting and also asking for what we want you know and not from the ego but like authentically like I know a client once told me this a uh, social media client back when I had my agency 
was her reflection of her money, her bank account was a reflection of how many people she helps. And I was like, yeah, Whoa, that's a good that way is to profound. see it. I love that. My, my, I've definitely got like a money block. I've definitely got that block. There's something and that's something I'm working on. That's a shadow that I'm like wanting to like dive in deeper to. But yeah, I feel like the podcast is definitely a container that I started purely because, you know, you know, for anyone who still follows me from my hometown, for example, they, they've seen me evolve over the last like 10 to 12 years. And I think that's beautiful because with what I went through in my younger years, I could have hit rock bottom and stayed there. I could have um, went into self-pity mode. I might have not developed my career because of just not feeling worthy. So I might have just stuck with like a dead end job, for example. I might have um, resorted to other mean ways and means of coping mechanisms such as alcohol abuse, dr drug abuse, even mm -hmm. just sex, you know lots of different numbing things nowadays in the world but instead I turned to the gym and I turned to social media and I've had social media since 2012 and that is around about the time I actually started getting a lot of like crap put it that way so I um, feel like this podcast probably didn't probably came at divine timing I believe because I'm five years out of a really hard like younger years of life and I've been able to reflect so much on it and realise that I have really overcome so much and I want other people to do the same. And even if they cannot resonate with the bullying side of it, they can probably resonate and put it into their own understanding from whatever perspective is in their life. Absolutely, and that's the beauty of having your story and social media and the platform that you do have and and thank god that you pushed through that negative self-talk and that that sabotage of doubt right that and now we're here having this conversation and and you're expanding you're, the power of words are incredible and knowledge is power right and so oh yeah by just voicing this out um something that i often say is like telling your story allows freedom for others to tell theirs as well and sometimes yeah. people feel so stuck in their experiences and their and their stories that they don't see any way out and so really I do believe by sharing and expressing and telling from an authentic place right from a space of not seeking validation mm -hmm. or feeling a void but just sharing to help others is really that intentional way to create change and inspire that within others yeah because for so many years i just downplayed <laughs> downplayed everyone thought i was just like very just upbeat and su like successful in this and this and this and i'm like no i've worked to get here i have worked to get here honey you worked <laughs> you know and yeah like for many many years i just wanted to be i just want to like to silence myself because i was scared in case i spoke out about it that it would come back <laughs> You know, because the biggest fear is people coming back into my life that want to, that don't want to see me do well. And that, that'll always be a fear, but you've got to overcome that and just speak what you feel is ne like necessary. And that's what I'm doing because every, like, like what you said, everyone has a story and people will definitely, it'll resonate with them or it will liberate them. It will empower them. And 
yeah every single podcast episode just makes me so like my heart feels even more fuller and that's why I don't really have like a specific like I used to post every single Sunday but now I'm just kind of going with a flow because I don't want to push things on my podcast I need it to be very like intentional mindful it can't be from a place of I need to post every single week I need to do this it needs to be from a place of less urgency and more patience so it's been a long time since my listeners have heard us talk or even me talk for for you know a start but I'm glad that you're the first one back of this little hiatus that I've had because (laughs) it's been such I honestly girl it's been such a nice flowing free-flowing talk and we've just spoke about so much beautiful things that I hope so much people can resonate with and I do actually have a mix of male and female listeners so I hope this can like empower and inspire you know like a multitude of people so I just thank you so much for being on my podcast and thank you for having this talk with me and hopefully we have more because I feel like we could probably like brainstorm other ideas and topics to talk about and dive in deeper with because yeah how long have we been on for it's been a while but I feel like I could keep I could just keep talking to you (laughs) (laughs) I feel the same way I'm honored to be the first person back and and I love what you said because I think that's such a lesson that we can all learn especially when it comes to showing up online and allowing ourselves to show up even more authentically to what is in alignment with us I used to tell my social media clients like when you feel like you need to post don't post because you're most authentic the best energy is not coming from that space. Oh, wow. You know, that's and, I, really and crazy. I practice that now. Ooh, yeah, as someone that's... that used to manage, <gasps> yes, I used to manage people's accounts. I was pretending to be multiple Girl. people online. Girl, I can... and I was like, Do you want to manage me? <laughs> <laughs> used to, past tense. <laughs> okay, maybe not anymore. But that's actually crazy that you say that. Like when you say, when you feel the most urgency to post, don't post. I feel like that daily just now and my content is getting no reach at all <laughs> and it's like I Girl, actually have that like gut feeling that the you that the you that the universe is just like honey you didn't listen you should have not posted you know what the universe does to me I get sick I don't ever get sick but when I when I don't need to be online when I don't need to be doing anything I get sick that was me the last two weeks and yeah same same literally I just started seeing happens. a spike I know. And I really, after working in it, after really pretending to be several people on social media with huge followings, that it is really an energetic exchange that we are having with people. They might just see it as an Instagram post or a TikTok, but really what goes into that creation and the intention behind it is so much more powerful. I mean, if you think about it, like why you feel so touched when you hear someone's story or you see a post, for example, it's there's energy behind that. So oh, yeah. going back to you, when you feel like you need to do it, take a step back. Just don't do Not it. Not necessary. It's like it's always going it, to be there. Yeah, yeah always going to be there. And it's funny because the posts that do the most well and get the most reach is always the ones that I've just done completely through a creative energy spike that I've had and not from a place of urgency or of I have to do this but from a place of like oh this is an amazing idea blah 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 do it and post it and it does well instead of like what can I post what can I put up like what's going to attract attention what's going to see what's going to create that val- that validation that I'm clearly wanting it's just yeah social media is definitely like it's got its great amazing beautiful parts but it's also got it's like destructive and 
Yeah. Maybe that's the conversation that we go deeper into next. It's like having that because I see so much of my experience of five years, six years working in social media marketing, managing other clients, writing copy, and now managing my own brand, showing up for myself and and learning how to do that in the most authentic way and the way that really serves me, right? And that you can still cultivate and grow a community, but also show up in your most full authentic form and learning that balance between the two. Of course, and setting boundaries because like you said, with your own, yes, girl, I love it. We were both like, yeah. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. I feel like we could totally vibe on that next conversation because I've obviously had Instagram since 2012. I've had YouTube for about the same time. So I've been on the internet for like wow. 10 years. So there, wow. it is like my second nature. And sometimes I honestly wish that I could just take a break. And it's really hard because I do take breaks occasionally, like periodically. But nowadays the algorithm's so bizarre. So if you take a break for too long, you just get, it's really hard you to gotta go again, You gotta work your way it? back up. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's almost like it's they don't want you to, to not, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I know. They, they don't want you to take time to yourself to reflect and to grow into, again, knowledge is power. So that's for a whole new topic. Though I feel like we could speak so much about social media. Um, oh, yeah. Thank you yes. so much for coming on my podcast and sharing your story. And oh, it's just been beautiful. I agree. Thank you so much for holding this space. I look forward to talking again and connecting going deeper into conversations <laughs> i love it and thank you for tiktok for bringing us together <laughs> i know the power of tiktok the power of social media does have its obviously good things as well so tell my listeners where can they find you what have, have you got anything like courses have you got any exciting things that you can share with us that people might be interested after listening to us talk and they feel called to potentially work with you or maybe even just like browse and binge watch all of your content like what I did. (laughs) I love it. If you are feeling like you want to binge, (laughs) you can follow me on TikTok and Instagram at Jordan Jepp. That's Jordan with an A-N-J-E-P-P-E. I also have a private Mediposa space that is for women on this journey or women identifying to partake in my courses. I have a celibacy course, the shadow work course, and and the end of August is a boundaries course that I'm working on. I also have downloadable workbooks. Yeah, we do private bi-weekly women's circles that I host in Mariposa. And one thing that I ran into a lot when I on my own self-healing journey was not being able to afford a therapist or really these courses or a private coach, for example, and so I've made Mariposa a very affordable price. It's $37 a month, which is about less than a quarter, less than a quarter I'm of a therapy session. I'm probably going to sign up for that. I am probably going to sign love, up for that. I would love to have you. It's such a beautiful, supportive, growing community. And we learn so much from each other. It's such a safe space. And, and the women's circles are really what makes it. Also, you have access to everything. There's new courses, new workbooks every month. So it's just flourishing. It's a safe space. And yeah, if you're ready to jump into the work, I would love to have you. I also do one-on-one coaching. You can DM me on Instagram for more information. I would gladly tell you all about it. I love that. 